everybody. Welcome back to Yank Sports. It's us again. Episode, oh, I forget. What are we at? 43? The Jason Strudwick episode? I don't know. Shout out, Struddy. My my favorite pretty okay NHL player turned radio host of all time. <laughs> Shout out to my boy, Struddy. That, there's a guy we should get on, Jason Strudwick. This is 43, right? I don't actually know what Maybe. episode this is. Maybe. It's, it's close. I feel like I feel like there's another like low hanging fruit at 43. Josh Curry, this, baby. I mean, as we discovered last week, uh, numbers not my strong suit. <laughs> Funny stuff. Is what Go check is. out that episode to figure out what that means. Um, yeah, or it, don't. It's, it's really yeah. it's, it won't improve your life at all. I mean, it is like almost three hours of us plus two more individuals just blabbing about refs and McDavid and stuff. Um, which, as of last episode, McDavid had not yet hit 100 points. The Oilers didn't know their first-round matchup. The Raptors still had a chance. It's, it's been a busy week, actually. It, it has yep. been. Yeah. I don't know. What, what do you want to start with today? I want to start because I feel like... There are other things that we're going to talk about, but this is the only thing anyone should be talking about in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, the Western Hemisphere, the Northern Hemisphere, society, the universe at large. The only thing that we should be talking about is the brilliance of one Connor McDavid. Sorry, I was looking for his his middle name. Um Connor Andrew McDavid. Damn. C-A-M, bro. Because, I mean, anyone who listens to the podcast knows just how good Connor McDavid is. But the thing is, I don't think they actually do. <laughs> I don't think, because you just, you take it for granted. People say, oh, yeah, that Connor McDavid kid, he's, you know, he might be a player. He's He's pretty all right at hockey, right? Oh, yeah. And it's just... Everyone knows he's the best player in the world. But we need to add some context to to this because what he's doing on the ice night after night, we have seen it in Edmonton, at least. We've seen it once. Yeah. Another guy you might have heard of, Wayne Effin Gretzky. I'm not even. Is, gonna his, is his middle name Effin? Or? Yeah, I didn't even have to Google that one. It's Wayne fucking Gretzky. <laughs> Actually, I think that's the name of his character on uh, The Young and the Restless. That one time he was on. Was he like, on The Simpsons too? Oh, probably. He's probably on The Simpsons a couple of times. He was also on Epic Rap Battles of History. That's just... that's right. When he got to fight Tony Hawk. Um. Okay. So we got we got to talk about this guy. All right. Because who? Tony Hawk. Homer Simpson? No. The other guy? Last last week's episode was so long. I don't even know if I got to make this point, but it's a point that I have to make. Connor McDavid, in his sixth season in the NHL, has shown enough to me to consider him among the greatest hockey players that have ever lived. Okay, for me, it's... Number one, Wayne Gretzky. Duh. Two, Mario Lemieux. Three, Gordie Howe. Four, Bobby Orr. And number five is Connor McDavid. 
better than Crosby, Ovechkin, Pavel Bure, uh, Pavel Datsuk, who does not get enough love in this discussion. Better than Jean Beliveau, better than Maurice Richard, better than yeah. Uh, I'm I most commonly see uh, Maurice Richard, Mark Messier, Yarmer Yager, and Ron Francis in the five conversation. Better than all of them. Okay, I agree at that. I because like we we've, we've had this conversation before. I think we were actually at um a poutine place downtown which is sadly closed now in the last year shout out montreal hot dogs and poutine the greatest poutine place i've ever been to and um, like a minute walk from roger's place so perfect anyways great place i think I'm we just, were there i'm and- just gonna like cry a little bit because that place was awesome <laughs> and it has yeah it's it's done sad um at least uh freaking marco's grilled cheese and milkshakes are still there but um that's another. I we'll, we'll okay. Get to what, okay. Twice. All right. We're getting way off the rails here. <laughs> the point is, we were sitting <laughs> in that restaurant one time, and it's a Montreal restaurant. So there is Beliveau, there's Richard on the wall, and right, and we're like, okay, so who's number five all time? Because we we can agree, you know, Gretzky, Lemieux, or how, or how, or whichever. Um, and we figured that there wasn't really a number five clear cut that we could see anywhere. We, yeah, like I said, Messier, Yager, Richard, there was Crosby. There was guys who were in that conversation. But I'm I'm willing to say that if not already, then absolutely by the time McDavid wins a cup slash ends his career slash both, um, he will be accepted as number five on that list, minimum on that list. So I wholeheartedly agree. And like – you know, I, I I was just scrolling through Twitter just as we were about to start recording. And someone brought up the point that, oh, recency bias, right? Which is, you know. A very, very fair point. That, 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 that could be a fair point. It, it could just be, you know, objects in the mirror are closer than they appear. Yeah. That's a good point. But I brought with me some cold, hard facts, hard evidence, um, numbers, data. The numbers never lie. So here we go. The Let's have some numbers. Okay. Alpha Getty, but with numbers. All right. So looking at, there's a stat on hockeyreference.com, which is the best hockey website in existence. It's HockeyReference.com and NHL.com stats. Those are the two websites that I visit daily. HockeyReference.com, they have a stat. It's called Adjusted Points. There's also Adjusted Goals and Adjusted Assists. (laughs) And essentially what this number does is it takes a player's point total that they get in a season, right? Yeah. They take this number and they adjust it based on the scoring environment in the league and also the length of the schedule and the number like this, the roster size. Right. So basically it boils everything down to, I forget which season, um, but it's normalized to an 82 game schedule. Yeah. uh, 18 skaters and a league average of six goals per game. Yeah. So, It's basically adjusted like to the, it's not adjusted to the current day though, but anyways, 
Yeah, it, it tries to predict basically how any given player would fare in any given era by right. eliminating the differences between them. Right. Mathematically, the best abilities. It, it tries to solve the problem of, oh, how do we compare players that played in different eras? Well, you do math. Yeah. All right. In the players' first six seasons in the NHL, here are the leaders. Okay. Number one, Gretz. Duh. Yeah. Duh. 888 in his first six seasons. Holy smokes. Okay. Then we got a bit of a wild card here. Okay. Frank Boucher, who played from 1921 to 1931. Yeah. I haven't heard of him, but he must have been pretty damn good in that time period. Played played in a very, like, I'm pretty sure, like, we're talking about the invention of the forward pass in hockey. That right? must have been when the forward pass first came to be, and it was Montreal, Toronto, Quebec, and Ottawa. Yeah. Just, you know, doing the hockey before the second world war. So like, and again, I'm not saying Frank Boucher is the second greatest player of all time. I'm just saying, put some respect on his name. <laughs> okay. Number three, super Mario. Again, again, predictable. Yep. Uh, 600. He's actually tied with Frank Boucher. Um, and then number four, Connor McDavid. So this is air adjusted through each of those players' first six seasons. Through their first six seasons. He's at 663, okay? That's higher than Ovechkin. That's higher than Crosby. That's higher than Malkin. That's higher than Gordie Howe. Mike Literally Bossy, everyone else who isn't those three guys. Tamu Solani, okay? Valentin Zykov. Um, also, I just want to bring this up because this is really cool. 19th on the list are Tammy Panarin. Nice. Another guy whom you need to put respect on. Yeah. Okay. But by the way, in terms of like all time career adjusted points, Connor McDavid is already 318, which for a guy that's only played six seasons, like that's higher than Jordan Everly's career total. That's higher than um, six seasons and three of them were shortened. Marty Havlat. Yeah. It's right behind Shea Weber, Louis Erickson, Igor Larionov. Um, again, a guy that's only played six seasons. That's pretty freaking impressive. But this is one. I, the The last point I want to make. Okay, if we look at a single season in terms yeah. of adjusted points. Okay, number one. In 1928, Howie Morenz, 190. Then it's basically Gretzky and Lemieux alternating. Yeah. And then at number seven is our old friend, Frank Boucher, and Connor McDavid with 160. Okay? Connor McDavid this season is having the best season points-wise by a player since 1989, Mario Lemieux. Think about all of the players that have come through the NHL, all of the superstar talent that we've been able to see. Again, Pavel Datsuk, um, Pavel Bure, right? Sidine Twin. While you're on Pavel Bure, 
Pavel Bure's record for most points in first 15 games with the Florida Panthers, with the Florida Panthers organization was beat by Sam Bennett yesterday. So basically, uh, day, Sam Bennett is, is better than Pavel Bure. <laughs> right? Um, we talk all the time about Alex McGillamy, the biggest snub in any Hall of Fame of any sport ever. Yeah. Right? We talk all the time about how he put up numbers. He had, I think, did he hit a thousand career points? I can't remember. Let me let me double check that. He got a lot of points playing in the like the lowest scoring era in yeah. hockey since the invention of the forward pass. And McDavid's better than him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Alex McGillany, one thousand thirty-two career points. Playing from 1989 to 2006. That is dead zone. That is just dead zone. All of that is dead. And Connor McDavid, even when you adjust for McDavid playing in a higher scoring environment, yeah, wipes the floor with him. Mm-hmm. Scoring has gone way up. Like in 2014-15, I think it was, Jamie Benn won the Art Ross with 87 points. McDavid yeah. put up 87 points in like 49 games this year as opposed to the full 82, like scoring has gone way up. And even when you account for that, um, and, oh, okay. I saw something really interesting about the fact that, oh, the Canadian division sucks. The Canadian division isn't going to have any teams finishing below 50 points, but the divisions have two, two, and three. So like this division also does not play into it. This division is just as good as any other division is. It's definitely better than the freaking Honda West especially considering the bottom. Yeah. Um, error-adjusted points are cool to me because I like to compare, um, like, players who played at a totally different time than each other and just see, like, it It, it can help create an idea of how they would have done. Like, let's say that everyone in NHL history was to all be playing hockey in the NHL at the exact same time. McDavid would be fourth in league scoring. He'd be right around fourth, right? Which is interesting to me. Okay, I've just I've just been doing some quick research on the side, and uh, in 1986, when Wayne Gretzky scored 215 points, uh, he he was ahead of second place by 52 and a half percent. Holy Moses! That's Who was second place. Mario, 141. Jeez, that's just. Yeah, I mean, right now McDavid has more. Okay, McDavid is second in the league in goals, so he has a lot of goals. But he, if he didn't have any goals, he's still second in the league in points. Yeah, he has more assists than than tied for third. Marchand and Marner have points. And again, like the whole the whole Canadian division argument. Okay, if that's the case, then why why isn't Mitch Marner putting up these numbers? Mitch Marner has less points than McKeever has assists. Yeah. Why isn't... Fuck. Why isn't Leon Dreisaitl putting up these numbers? Dreisaitl's having a damn good year. He's having not, an incredible season, know, but he's not coming... all time. Dreisaitl's been incredible this year, but he doesn't hold a candle to McDavid. Yeah. Like, it, it, if, if the North Division really was such a shitty division then the top 10 scorers should all be from that division. 
it's close to that. I won't point you in a season. I think eight of the top ten were, but it's really evened out. Let, let's let, let's double check the uh, current scoring leaders. Now this will obviously change because the North Division is the only division that actually has games left. Yeah, Toronto, Winnipeg have one more game. Edmonton has one more game, and then okay. Vancouver, so and look at Calgary have so many games. All right, so we look at the top ten. One, two, three, four, five. Six of the top 10 are in divisions other than the North. Okay. So, yeah, the North division has 40% of the top 10, which is more than you'd expect. But then you also realize that they have probably the best three players in the league. At least three of the top five. Yeah, that's fair. Right? McDavid. Yeah, you can't. Matthews. You can't even argue that. So, and then actually it really, after 10, you really start to see players from American teams. So Mark Shifley is 10th with 61 points. The next player from a Canadian team. Wait, is Matthews not top 10? No, he is. He said for the top 10. It must be five of you. That includes Shifley. There's a few guys tied at 10. So, okay. Um, yeah, Stone, Shifley, Huberto are all 61 okay. points. But yeah, after that, like I, I have to go off of the app and into the actual statistics page. Yeah. The next player from a Canadian team is John Tavares, who's 27th with 50 points. So not even a point per game. I bet if you if it was by points per game, Nick Ehlers is up there, but it's not. So, no, it's not the North Division. The North Division probably isn't even the worst division in the league. I don't think so. So, again, Dude, like, Ottawa Ottawa's one win behind Montreal. You can't say Ottawa sucks. Ottawa is just below playoffs. Ottawa's mediocre. You you can say. Ottawa sucks because you can also say Montreal sucks. You can say that means that Calgary and Vancouver really suck. So I I I saw a really good tweet today. It was oh well McDavid's only he's only pointing out these it it doesn't count shortened season shitty division. Oh so Matthews is Rocket Richard doesn't count either. And it's like oh mm. <laughs> Hmm. You know that meme where like the guy's yeah. face turns angry? Yeah. So like if it was a normal season and there was interdivisional play, I'm not gonna be like, oh Marshawn would have won the Art Ross and Bronton would have won the Richard. No, that wouldn't have made that much of a difference. These are elite players. They're gonna do this against no matter who they're playing. Relax. A, in a regular 82 game season with interdivisional play, Connor McDavid would at least be second in point scoring. I'll account for, you know, every couple of years you have a Kucherov season. Yeah. Or a dry side of last year, but McDavid was injured. If McDavid played those games, he would have finished first. Yeah. So it's it it, it okay, people in Edmonton don't appreciate McDavid enough. Yeah. But it's still better than people outside of Edmonton who try to downplay his greatness. 
I've seen enough downplay of of a lot of things. There's there's like been a huge push lately, like from Penguins fans that they aren't even whining about Crosby winning the heart. They're whining about the media having an anti-Penguins bias. And it's like, what does that mean? And it's like Crosby for heart. Like Crosby's been great, but like it's really not close right now. Where where is he in scoring this year? He's not top five. No, he's top ten. Easy top ten. Sidney Crosby, um, ninth in scoring. Uh, so no. And um, people have been saying his line mates suck. Dude, he's had Jake Getzel for literally 80% of his even strength time and 90% of his total ice time. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. I, I, I love when people just have that, like, double. Like, it, this was really big last season. Yeah. When people were talking about the Oilers. And they said, well, Dreisaitl is only good because of his line mates. And then two seconds later, they'd say the Oilers have no depth. Fucking which one is it? It can be both. The, they are mutually exclusive. So. My favorite thing was when I, um, this might be still saved in our snap conversation, but I said to you, Dreisaitl is a passenger, Nuju's a bust. And Yamamoto was not developed properly. And I think those and I'm like, how can any of these be true looking at yeah, that line success? Yeah. So my my question, let let's just get crazy. Okay. Ryan, 82 game season, Connor McDavid, what's like the maximum point total? Max? What what is the maximum? I'm I'm not saying what you think the max will be, but yeah. like what is the potential? Is it 140, 150, 200, 300 points? Um, I feel like if he plays a full 82 games, which would be in the Pacific Division, so you get to keep Montreal. You get, yeah, okay, no, you get to keep Vancouver and Calgary, right? You trade Montreal and Ottawa for the three California teams and Arizona. I'm I'm trying to adjust it in my head. I feel like McDavid's range is 140 to 170. And I would probably put him right at that 165, which would be insane, but I could see it. And I think Drysdale would put up like 125 and it would be the most quiet 125 ever. <laughs> McKinnon, so, McKinnon probably hits like 125, 130 and Matthews gets 60 goals in a full season. Yeah, it would be nuts. So uh, just by the way, for a little bit of context, this season, Connor McDavid... Currently scoring at a pace of 155 points, which would be tied for the eighth highest total ever. And the highest by anyone not named Lemieux or Gretzky. Damn. Steve Eiserman. Holy crap. 155 points in 1989. Nice. So, sorry. See, what's with Speck and his whole Eiserman moment thing? Like, I just, he, no. I don't. I don't even want to talk about it. So sorry, you're putting the max, the cap for McDavid at 170. 170? That's the absolute cap. There's no way he gets more than that. There's no way anyone gets more than that. But what, if he what? was to get there, I would I would be it'd be awesome. I wouldn't be like that's impossible. 170 would be the sixth highest point scoring season ever. Yeah. I can see it. 
I think he at least hits 140. I need to pull up his his page here. Uh, While you're doing that, I want to point out that McDavid has more points in his last 14 games than the leading scorers on the Sabres, Devils, ah. Ducks, <laughs> Kraken, etc. Um, hmm. I'm just going to look at some... <laughs> While you're doing this research, it seems like a good time to read the Fisheries of Canada chum. I'm going to no, I'm going to interrupt you. I'm going to say 160. That's fair. Because, like, basically, each season in the NHL, his points per game has gone up by about a tenth of a point per game every season. Mm-hmm. Um, he's next year will be his seventh season in the NHL, so I think we might. I'm usually wrong when it comes to Connor McDavid. So, but we, with most players at his age, you're just now starting to see the plateau, right? Like the four or five yeah. seasons where the scoring is consistent. Yeah. If there was any player who was going to break that trend, it would be McDavid. So I'm, I'm you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to eat my words here. I didn't think he'd get a hundred this year. And he blew the fuck past that. So I'm going to. Yeah. I, 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 I think I predicted like 88 or like 92. Yeah. So I, yeah. I'm going to say 160. I could definitely see 175, 180. If the oh. NHL like tomorrow just comes out and says, okay, we're actually going to call penalties. Oh my God. Imagine that. 250 point season. If they call it, penalties. Quite frankly, if. Like, let's just imagine for a second that the refs called penalties. And let's say even you get rid of offside. Like, we're talking 200 points. Easy. No problem. Not not even a question. With that increased power play time, plus eventually people would stop interfering with him and he'd get more space. Not even just the power play time. Just the fact that, like... He'd be able to go to the net. Yeah. Yeah. 200 would be easy if that that was a situation there, for sure. So, come on, NHL. We we know that you want to see that just as bad as we do. We want to see another 200-point season. So, start calling shit. So, the Oilers, first-round matchup is set. They're playing the Winnipeg Jets, who, by the way, Every single time that the Oilers and Jets have met in the playoffs, the Oilers have won the Stanley Cup. I, I'm not saying it's not a coincidence. I'm not saying it is a coincidence. I'm just saying we're just bringing it. Up. I'm just saying it's it's a nice little tidbit. So before we get into yeah. like the actual series and the hockey and the important stuff, I'm gonna present to you my yeah. my my dream. Stanley Cup playoff scenario. So, first round, Oilers, Jets. Oilers win in like five. Right? I The series definitely could go the distance, but yeah. we'll just say five. They go the second round where the Montreal Canadiens have upset the Toronto Maple Leafs. 
So we reignite another old playoff rivalry with oh boy Les Habitants. And also, <laughs> we get a revenge match against Corey Perry. Just fuck that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll be scratched the whole time. <laughs> what? I'm kidding. Ducharme isn't that smart. He'll scratch like... <laughs> Let's crash like caught Kenny instead. Oh, oh, I just Ducharme. Um, <laughs> he he pulls a, a move out of the 2017 Ducks playbook, and despite getting all the calls in the series, the Canadians accuse the Oilers of getting the white glove treatment. <laughs> but yeah. this time they'll sign Kessler to a one-year deal. Yeah, yeah, but this time the Holy Oilers. Cow. The Oilers win game six in overtime to go yeah. on to the third round. That'd be pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Third round. You'll notice a trend here in my dream playoff scenario. We're reigniting another old Stanley Cup finals rivalry. Boy. By playing the Boston Bruins in the third round. One of, I don't know, that might have been like one of the best final series the Oilers played in against. That, that was the year of the Glenn Anderson. It's also the Taylor Hall narrative this year. Oh, my God. I forgot about Taylor Hall. Holy shit. How great would the that Taylor be? The Taylor Hall narrative. How great would it be if Taylor Hall makes it finally to a Stanley Cup final and gets beat by the team that drafted him? Oh, man. That would. I know there are some Oilers fans who would actually be sad. They'd be like, oh, man, I want Taylor Hall to win. Over my own fucking team. That's how much some Oilers fans love Taylor Hall. Yeah. <laughs> and it's ridiculous. Okay. So we beat the Bruins. We go to the Stanley Cup Finals. And I think you know where I'm going with this one. Carolina? Carolina Hurricanes. But this time, it's the Hurricanes that blow a three-goal lead in game one. <laughs> And, you know, I never wish for a player to get injured. And if I do, it's a minor injury. Just enough to keep him out for seven games. <laughs> Peter Mrazek, you know, tweaks a groin or something. Again, nothing, nothing like life-threatening here. Just a groin pull. I would actually rather Mrazek play. Yeah, because they also have Nadelkovich. So. Yeah, Nadelkovich would hurt me more because I am okay. Like the the one thing about Ken Holland's regime that has bothered me the most, and this might not even be like justified, but okay, he signs Anton Forsberg, waves him. Carolina claims Anton Forsberg. Carolina waves Nadelkovich. Why the hell? Did not only no one claim him, but why didn't Ken Holland revenge claim Nadelkovich? Nadelkovich is eighth in the league in goals saved above expected. Okay, but no, no one, ex- Mike Smith, no one expected young. that out of him. This season came out of nowhere for Nadelkovich. Yeah, but I'm not saying, yeah, I know that. But I'm just saying if Carolina claims Forsberg and waves a goalie and you need a third goalie, why? Why would you not claim the guy we, instantly? Right, because we didn't need a third goalie. We didn't have anyone else at the time. Smith was injured. We knew this. We we did not need a third goalie. Okay, we need a and second goalie. That I'm month. glad. We I'm glad you brought up goaltending because there is something I wanted to discuss. 
because Oilers fans mm, once segue, ag- segue, segue. once again have just don't have a fucking clue about goaltending. Like <sighs> Okay, I, I'm just gonna ask you a question. I'm just gonna make this real simple. I'm gonna ask you a question. Ryan, who would you rather play? Who who would you rather have as your backup to Mike Smith? Okay. A player who is currently 27th in the league in save percentage despite being a backup, a guy who, you know, the team knows a guy who, since Mike Smith has been back, has had NHL starter numbers. Okay. That's option a option B is a guy who hasn't played a pro hockey game in two years. And when he did, he was the worst goalie in the league. Who would you rather be your backup? The first guy. Yeah, Nico Koskinen. Not Who's the second Alex guy? St- Alex Stalock. Oh, people, right. People want Stalock. That's so yeah. weird to me. That's so weird to me. R- Ryan, Ryan, okay. Like, Stalock, okay, Stalock. Yeah, Stalock stole Dubnik's job last year, but then he bombed out in the playoffs, and then he got COVID and an injury over the summer. Like, how is that any good? He's not conditioned to play. I got, I, I got another question. I, I, One more question, okay? You're a fan of any sports team. Okay. But in this case, you're a fan of the Edmonton Oilers. What do you want your team to do? Win? You want them to fucking win hockey games. That's it? Like my most basic desire is victory. Like there, there, there is no other fucking priority. You want the team to win hockey games. And re-sign Nuge forever. But like, yeah, we you, win. You, you also, win. yeah. You you Winning's also first. You you want the organization to you know just be decent human beings. Yeah. But other than Make that, the moves. only priority is winning hockey games. How does playing a worse goaltender help you win hockey games? Because Miko Koskinen is so bad, and he let it fall over mm. four shots, and therefore I will forget everything he's ever done. That's hey, good here's the thing. Here, here, here's he's the funny bad. thing about stats. And he's making so much money. Here's the thing about stats, okay? You're going you're gonna to love this. This is so cool. If you're listening and you've, you've never known this about stats, it's going to blow your fucking brains, Okay. Season-long statistics include the four goals on four shots. Those are accounted for in the season-long statistics. And guess what? Miko is still pretty fucking good despite the four goals on four shots. Okay? Stop defining a player's season by one bad game. If if you ever had it, like... Reach. Ryan, how would you enjoy it if, you know, you were working a job and you were really good at this job, okay? Like, you weren't the best at it, but you were you were a solid contributor to the, to the workplace. Yeah. And then you had one bad day and, at work. You, you, you had one day where, like, you just didn't sleep, and then you were just fucking up all day. And then you kept on being good at your job for the rest of the month. And then your boss co- calls you into his office yeah. and he's like, Ryan, you're a good worker. You're a good member of the team. But because you had one bad day two weeks ago, I'm firing you. It doesn't fucking work like that. 
So what if I'm what, it, what if I'm overpaid by the like general idea of what my job is? What if it's not oh, that's not your fault? The boss offered. I'm glad you, you brought that up because I am simply a man that simply just as is willing to take whatever money I can get because as a normal human being, I I do like receiving money. You enjoy and I having have money. reasons. Yes, I, and I have reasons to need money. And yeah, so when if I'm offered that. I am going to take that, right. especially if it was my agent who negotiated it, because yeah, I don't exactly. really speak much English. If I if I offer you a five dollar bill or a ten dollar bill, which one are you taking? I like the purple color of the ten. I also like the that, fact that it's worth twice as much as the other one. That's just an added bonus at that point. <laughs> that's but yeah, just gravy. So I'm sorry if you're. Saying that Stalock should play over Koskinen, you fucking know nothing about goaltending. <laughs> Either that, or you're just not paying attention. Or you have a or Koskinen like, or Koskinen slash your yard, which, as far as yeah. I know, has never happened. So, <laughs> if me, you know what? If Miko Koskinen has slashed your tires, please call Yeg Sports Law Firm. One eight hundred. Six nine six nine four twenty. Yeah, please. Real number, I assure you. So yeah, I just it it drives me fucking bananas when they're like, Oh yeah, let's play this game that or let's play this guy that hasn't fucking played a hockey game in two years and just assume that he's gonna be better than Miko Koskinen, who is a legit, very good NHL backup and probably a decent NHL starter. I mean, if we we are we are we're playing Stalock tomorrow, or sorry, we're playing Costin tomorrow. It's confirmed. If we were playing Stalock tomorrow in a meaningless game just to see what we had in him, I would be on board. I'd be rooting for him. But like, I'm not playing Stalock because I hate Costin. I'm playing Stalock because it's a meaningless game. Let's just see if if Stalock played tomorrow. Give the off. I, I wouldn't. I'd be and down. I'm, and I'm asking you this because I legitimately do not know. Yeah. If Stalock played tomorrow and let in four goals on four shots, how would Oilers fans react? Would they would they say, oh, it's just one game because they hate Miko Koskinen? Or would they say this guy's a bum? Play Miko Koskinen. Okay, here is for each Oilers goaltender. If they let in four goals on the first four shots, okay. Here's how it goes: Stuart Skinner, and eh, he's not ready yet. Mike Smith, oh, here comes regression to the mean. Alex Stalock, give him a break. He hasn't played in a while, and he was sick. Miko Koskinen, <laughs> literally. That is that's how it goes. You know what the craziest part about this whole thing is? Hmm. It's the exact opposite of last season. I know. Last it's, season, Mike last season we hated Mike was Smith. the whipping boy. And people <laughs> loved Miko Koskinen. And, like, you guys realize that they're the same goalies they were last year. It's the same people. They well, haven't no, 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 no. changed. Mike Smith is playing a lot better than Mike Smith isn't year. Mike Smith. Mike Smith is now Schmitty. It's he was Schmitty last year. He was also he was- shitty last year. <laughs> He was actually pretty good to take away December. For, oh no, sorry, that was Koskinen last year. Koskinen without December last year was, that was really, both of them. Yeah. The whole the whole team was shitty in December. So who gives a fuck? 
You know what I like is that Miko Koskinen, both looking at this season and career numbers, has a better save percentage than Jacob Markstrom. That's as of as of when I last checked two days ago. But yes, nuts. I checked that after the four goals on four shots. Yeah, literally. If you're if you're an Oilers fan who, like me, wanted the team to sign Jacob Markstrom, then you know, logically, you'd think that you would enjoy having Miko Koskinen because he's been better than Jacob Markstrom. <laughs> and it's cheaper no, and on a shorter term. That makes way too much sense for this fan base because Oilers fans are just a f- bunch of nut jobs who just, everyone's bipolar. Everyone that cheers for this team has grade one bipolar disorder and it flips on a fucking dime. And they're passionate, most passionate fans in the league. I love them to death, but get your fucking mind right. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> kind of whack. Man, like, Nico Koskinen being better than Markstrom is, is great, but the fact that he's cheaper and on a like, shorter contract is just gravy on top of that. Yeah, so like why, are people, why are people complaining about his contract? Yeah, that's just just gravy. It's just gravy, bro. It's just gravy. Like, literally. Like, Markstrom will bounce back. I understand. Got mad at the Oilers for not giving Jacob Markstrom an extra year and now complaining that Miko Koskinen gets paid too much despite playing better than Jacob Markstrom. It's oh man, I just I I, I want to give a shout out to the uh I think they have a name now, like the the Oilers teenagers on Twitter or something like that. Do they? I I don't know, but you know who you are. None of them listen to this shit, but they're they're all doing important stuff. <laughs> Basically, the Oilers analytics department, which is literally a f- <laughs> bunch of fucking teenagers on Twitter. Who can't actually control a team, sadly, because it'd be cool if they could. Um, they, I'd probably trust them. Shout out to them for being some of the first Oilers fans to l- try to look at things objectively. Now, you know that I'm not 100% on board with hockey analytics, but they do have their place, and it's important to look at. And, and they like Koskinen. <laughs> guess what? Goals, assists, shooting percentage, those are all analytics. Yeah. They're, They're more than your basic goals, assists, points, pims, hits, shots, and face Those are all numbers used to analyze hockey. That's what an analytic is. If there is math involved, it is analytics. If there's puck in net, body to body involved, it's not quite analytics, but it's still numbers. It's the basic, the basic so, numbers. But like the people that just it's like look if you want to be a casual Oilers fan and just you know teams winning you're happy fine we need those we need casual fans i like those i wish I, there was more of those i wish there, there, there were, <laughs> i wish there were more casual oilers fans cuz and i bet there is i just don't know them i don't none of them have twitter accounts so <laughs> Yeah, or yeah, I, I mean, some of them do, but like, yeah, it's, I, I just, there's something so wholesome about like, just like some 
just casual fan who just is watching it, yeah. likes when they win, doesn't get overly mad at good players. Honestly, you know, just like I wish, enjoys it. Just wish, enjoy it. I wish I was a casual Oilers fan. I wish I didn't have a fucking sports podcast. I wish <laughs> that I could just, you know, oh, they lose. Oh, that's okay. It's only one game. No, I am cursed with being a diehard because I was raised in a house that when the Oilers were on, you shut up and you watch the fucking game. So, but if you're going to be a a fan who partakes in discussion about the team and gives opinions on what the team should do or how they should approach things, you have to back up your opinions. Otherwise, you're going to get laughed at. What if you're Stalock's cousin? What? What if you're Alex Stalock's cousin? Are you, you Alex Stalock's cousin? No, but what if someone is? Do you know someone who's Alex Stalock's cousin? Uh, I, I he I assume he has cousins. A lot of people have cousins. Most people, I I I would I'd be willing to say most people will have cousins at some point in their life. I I back that up. Yeah. Yeah, that's my stats right there. <laughs> anyway, to sum up, um. Again, this is nothing against Alex Stalock. I'm sure he's a fine individual. But again, I forgot we had him, to be honest. I, I'm like, we should play Dylan Wells one game. I forgot we even had Stalock. I, if you're a fan of the team, you want them to win. And again, the teenagers on Twitter, the Oilers analytics department, the opinions that they give are in the interest of winning hockey games. Yeah. They're coming from the right place. Do I disagree about the, the implementation, the, what they're looking at? Yeah. I disagree with some of it, but they want the team to win. Yeah. They don't personally hate Devin Shore. They just believe that playing Ennis is a better chance to win. Exactly. It's all in, it's all for winning games. Cause that that's in the end, what, you know, makes a team good. And but but you, you, you can't, you, you could not say that playing Alex Stalock over Miko Koskinen gives you a better chance of winning. To be but, fair, we haven't seen it. We haven't seen him play yet. Like, yeah. Cause he hasn't played in a year. Yeah. The playing the odds. Like, I mean, and this is for anyone, there could be one, let's say that there's going to be a game where McDavid is just going to have an off night. And there's a game where, Joachim Nygaard is going to get his first career hat trick. But, uh-oh, you scratched Nygaard and played McDavid. If you would have played Nygaard and scratched McDavid, it would have gone better. But that doesn't make any fucking sense. It's about doing what gives you the best odds to win. And, and like, and that's Koskinen. If, if, like, you could say, oh, we need to try something else in that. It can't be Koskinen. That's fine. But yeah. then the logical answer would be, like, Stuart Skinner who's having a really good season in Bakersfield. Not, again, a guy who hasn't played a pro hockey game in over a year. I mean, he played like four playoff games. Literally just people don't like Miko Koskinen, which again, I don't fucking understand because in their times in Edmonton, 
you could make an argument that Miko Koskinen has been a better goaltender. This season, no. Mike's Mike Smith's been better. Duh. Last season, Miko Koskinen was quite a bit fucking better than Mike Smith. Like, let's not forget, this is the same goalie who completely shit the bed in game one against the Blackhawks. Fun fact, Miko Koskinen is sixth in all-time Oilers goaltender save percentage. Where's Mike Smith? Mike Smith's actually tied for first with Talbot right now. What? This season, Mike Smith has pulled his his Oilers save percentage up to tie Cameron Talbot at 9-12. He's only played 70, 71 games while Talbot has played 227. But yeah, they're tied for first. Dubnik three, Rollison four, Garan. Actually, whoa. Koskinen, Rollison, and Garan are all tied for fourth, actually. Oh. Koskinen having played the second most games of the trio. But yeah, let's, Galov at seven. Holy let's, smokes. Let's fucking sit Koskinen because he sucks and he's bad at everything. Fuck you guys. Anyways, let's talk Raptors because I'm mad. And I'm going to fix that by talking about a team that just got eliminated from the playoffs, apparently. I'm sure you can find the logic in there somewhere. Um, so the Raptors, they're done. They're mathematically toast. <coughs> Excuse me. Their playoff hopes have been dashed, um, signed, sealed, delivered, bought, and paid for. They're, yeah, mathematically toast. So the question I have is where. Where do they go from here? You got Kyle Lowry, who's a, a free agent this year, who's I I don't think it would be unfair to say towards the end of his career, he's in his mid thirties. You have a team. It it's like it's it's an interesting situation because you don't look at this team and just say yeah rebuild, no tear it down. They They're have a lot years of years away from a championship. Last year they had a high seating. And, right? and and it's it's a somewhat young team. Yeah. Right? Like let, let me just uh pull up the roster here. It's very interesting that they like I don't even know, like, yeah, I know there was it was very off, it was up and down year for Siakam. And like we traded Powell, but like there is yeah, I, I don't know. I'm trying to like figure out like what the equivalent of this happening is. It feels like a team that like was at the top and like, is this a bump in the road or is this like, was there a window that small? I think that's like the question you have to ask. Like, is, was that the window or do you like Kawhi Leonard's a free agent again? I, like there's, I don't know. It, here, here's uh, the thing. Here's the thing. Go? The Raptors missed the playoffs. I don't think they're a bad team. I think they're, you know, somewhat middle of the pack towards the top end of that group. Like, they're a good team who just had bad years up and down the lineup. Yeah. And how much of that, like, again, I I try not to make excuses for guys, but this was just a perfect shitstorm of shit. Like, (laughs) you had to play in another fucking country. You had to play in an arena like your whole, you were getting booed at the foul line in your home arena, right? No one in Tampa is a Raptors fan. Yeah, 
They're like, oh, NBA basketball. Let's go watch it. Yeah. Like, and then, you know, I, I've criticized the NBA on this a, a few times. I, I think they treated the Raptors unfairly when it came to postponements of games dealing with mm-hmm. COVID. Like, you know, the the Lakers, two guys come down with COVID and they're postponing the game. Yeah. Meanwhile, the Raptors are down Siakam, Lowry, Van Vliet, Ananobi, Aaron Baines, and their head coach. And the NBA is like, nah, walk it off. Play the game. <laughs> Play the game with your scrubs off the bench. Like, okay. So I'm looking at the roster here. Here are all of the players the Raptors have that are 27 or younger. OG Ananobi, DeAndre Bembry, Malachi Flynn, who they just drafted, Freddie Gillespie, Jalen Harris, Stanley Johnson, Pascal Siakam, Gary Trent Jr., Fred Van Vliet, Yuta Watanabe, and Paul Watson. It's a lengthy list. That's a pretty young team. And then, like, so Aaron Baines is 34. I think he's he's obviously not part of the, the plans with, uh, with the Raptors. And then the only other player who's above 30 is Kyle Lowry, who's 35. Yeah. So you can't – this – this team does not scream rebuild. Like if we take Kyle Lowry out of the equation. Yeah. Not because I don't think he won't be back. It's just, I want to see what else we have. Right. Yeah. Your, your two forwards are pretty much set. Ananobi and Siakam are going to be your, your, your three and your four players. Yeah. Right. Fred Van Vliet's going to be one of your guards for sure. Okay. That's three out of your starting five right there with some pretty good fucking players. Yeah. Then it gets interesting. They don't have a center right now, which is an issue they need to address. Bring back Valanchunas. Is he a free agent? Uh, No, there's no way. He should be. That'd be cool. (laughs) And then you're looking to find another guard somewhere and you know maybe it's Gary Trent Jr. who knows maybe it's Malachi Flynn maybe he just fucking goes off next year yeah but i think if you take that team and again total hypothetical let's say you add a Kawhi Leonard to that team huh all of a sudden all of a sudden your top 3 scorers are Kawhi Leonard, Pascal Siakam, and Fred Van Vliet. Those are three really good players. Pascal Siakam, we've seen this as a number two option. Stellar. 2019, when they made when they won the championship, he excelled in that role. One most improved player in the NBA. Yeah. It's a great option there. And he had a down year all around. <laughs> right. And I I don't know if we're ever going to see Siakam turn into that guy mm-hmm. where he can be, because that's 
That's two seasons in a row now that he's had a quote down season. I guess. So maybe, maybe he just can't handle. Who knows? Maybe, maybe he will turn into that guy. Maybe he's just a better number two option. So, I I think losing out on on Giannis really hurt the prospects for this team but there are like Kawhi is a guy that I look at and he can really change the outlook in a hurry he can turn this team into a contender again real quick and then again like Mm. it's a young aside from Kyle Lowry it's a young core yeah absolutely and and Lowry can still ball he's still a very good player so let's say you bring him back all of a sudden there's your backcourt Lowry Van Vliet, you have your two forwards. You know, if you bring in Leonard, then Ananobi's probably going to take a back seat. You Which still is have okay. To He's a great off the bench guy. Yeah. That's a great six man right there. Mm. You still have to go out and get a center. Aaron Baines didn't work this year. That's like that the one glaring week like Gasol, man. Miss Gasol this year. Miss I was gonna say Ibaka, but either one of those guys. Yeah. Right. When you I, lose I, your two top centers to free agency in the same summer, yeah. You got you gotta address it, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. What what would what would you put the odds at that the that the Raptors land Kawhi? What if we go and get Kawhi Leonard and Myers Leonard? That'd be cool. I've I've been down. That'd be cool. Yeah, I think I think that'd be a good idea. I don't know what what are the odds. I don't know. Like I, I am not really involved in NBA like media speculation. I feel like he's been here before, and it might be a. And if, I think that anyone can see that this team is a piece like that, and a, you know like a an above replacement center they're that away from being a contender again and i think if, i think Kawhi can see that and he can bring over one of his center friends and you know sign them both lock them up and i think like with that opportunity on the table i think that it's definitely somewhere that Kawhi would be considering i don't know what the odds are like but we have the cap for it there, there's no cap but there, we, there's the money for it it's possible from what I understand, and again, like you, I'm not an NBA insider, so this is a lot of speculation. Kawhi Leonard really enjoyed playing in Toronto. Yep. It was a very, like, it was down-to-the-wire decision. And ultimately, he went to L.A. because it's his hometown. Yeah. Now, the Clippers are currently the three seed in the Western Conference. I think a lot of this because his contract isn't expiring. It's a player option. Yeah. Year four is a player. or Yeah. The last year is a player option. So I think it all comes down to how well the Clippers do in the playoffs. I think if you're a Raptors fan, you're cheering for whoever's playing the Clippers. That's a good point. Because the further that they go, the more likely he is to pick up that option. I mean, being a three seed, though, like, you're 
you got to assume that you're going to be a contender. Like, like at least like near the top again. So he might stick around for that fourth year. And honestly, if the Raptors take next year as like a bit of a retool year and then try to land um, Kawhi the following season when, you know, it's not the player option, it's like he's actually a free agent, they could try that too. Just put it, knock it back one year, keep the money available, just take a quick retool year. Like you can, yeah, like I'd be okay if the Raptors just, yo, this next upcoming year, we're not going to try super hard in terms of like building a roster, but the year after that, we're all in again. I think when everyone's a year older and stuff. Before they do anything in this offseason, priority number one, Messiah Jerry still doesn't have a contract. And that's an issue. Yep. Thanks. Um who knows? He might say, No, I'm leaving and like run for prime minister. He's got <laughs> my vote. <laughs> yeah. What he's what he's done for this country, like pff, absolutely. <laughs> That'd be kind of um, you got anything else you want to discuss today, or should we move on to some shout outs? Um, what should uh, let's go Oilers versus the Jets. We play first game on Wednesday, yes. We have a back to back game three and four, but we'll probably record next Thursday uh, with our game one thoughts. So I'm excited to talk about a playoff game again. I know it's only been since August, but that barely counts. So, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I uh, I I've been meaning to Google this, but I'm just going to Google it now. Um, the Oilers are in the playoffs in back-to-back seasons, and I know I hear you screaming at me. Fuck off. They made the playoffs last year. <laughs> in the playoffs, back-to-back years, for the first time since 2001. That is incredible. I, In our lifetimes, this is the first time they've gone back-to-back years in the playoffs. And I'm not... This isn't a harp it's on the nice. Oilers. This is like... Get excited because <laughs> we have a good team that can hang in with anybody in the league. And in the Stanley Cup playoffs, that's all you need. You just need to hang in, right? Yeah, just get in. Just get if that in. 06 team can go on a run, this team can finish what they started. Will they? I have no idea. I picked my bracket today. And I I had no idea what it was what was gonna happen. It's yeah. unpredictable. And we we said this last week. You know, oh oh six team eight seed just squeaked into the playoffs. They can do it. Why not this Oilers squad? Exactly. Why not that that should be their their slogan this year. Why not? <laughs> Why not? Exactly. Um, I have uh, four shout-outs oh, God. I'd like can, to mention today. Can I, can I do my shout-out first? It's a quick one. Yeah, get out of the way. Okay, I only have one shout-out this week. It is to the National Hockey League for finally doing something right. And that's given the big old F you to the Canucks and Flames. 
<laughs> just that's fine. We'll start without you guys. You weren't going to make it anyways. The Canucks and Flames wrap up their regular season on the same day that the Oilers and Jets get their series underway. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, thanks, NHL. Thanks. It gave me a pretty good chuckle. Yeah, while the playoffs are happening, there's going to be freaking regular season Flames-Canucks games on, which is hilarious. That no one's going to watch. Yeah. Um, on that topic, on the NHL Bracket Challenge, this is shout number one. I want to shout out whoever made the official Calgary Flames League on the bracket challenge. Um, so there's always like the NHL official league. There's a lot of like partner leagues, like the NHLPA and like you know ECHL and the other brand deals. But like also like clubs have their own official like league for that team. Like that's like associated to that team, and most teams have them. The 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 Calgary Flames who are not even close to this playoff bracket have one so i may or may not have joined the calgary flames <laughs> official league and submitted a bracket which has the oilers winning the cup uh, so yeah that's my first shout out to whoever made that league um the only other uh team that missed the postseason who has an official league is the rangers um so yeah it's not a common thing the flames just did it uh, which is funny. And the Rangers would have made in any other division, I would argue. So, I don't know. Not quite as funny for the Rangers. Uh, shout number two is to um, the second last Fisheries of Canada card, the Chum. Uh, oh, white God. tip on an anal fin, narrow tail base, weighs 4.5 to 6.5 kilograms. Mouth. What? You kiss your mother with that mouth? <laughs> what did I say? Chum and anal. And, like, that's not good. Those are both written on the card. They're both written sure. on the card. Sure. Um, so that leaves only one more fisheries card for a future episode. Shout number three is to our friend Michael Hebert from Oilers Live Podcast. He um, made it to the next round of the Upper Deck. Um, what's it called? The upper Deck My MVP set. That's so he's won the Oilers group, and he is going to the top 32 um let's so get go. this guy a hockey card yeah get this damn guy a hockey card man hockey cards are awesome because Brian, have this on there how how can we help michael get his own hockey card well here's how you vote you find the freaking tweet and you like it it's a click a click away search at upper deck hockey or at oilers live is retweeted there um or you know, browse my likes if you want. You might find some other weird things in there, but you maybe, can definitely maybe maybe don't go there. <laughs> yeah, so definitely go support that. Also, my last shout out is to Luke Henneman, who is was signed by the Seattle Kraken. So the Kraken have a player now. The Seattle Kraken have a player. This is happening. This is there's another franchise joining this league. They have a player already. So not joining, joined. They're yeah, they're in full time member. They will. They're gonna play a game again, at, like potentially before the Ducks, the Kings. I would say before the Flames, but the Flames have four more games left. Hey-o! Um. Yeah. So they sign a QMJHL center to a three year entry level contract. Their first player, Luke Henman. That name is the answer to the trivia question of who is Seattle's first player. Ethan Pop Quiz. Who was the Vegas Golden Knights' first player? Some guy I don't remember. Ray Duke from college. Yeah. Yeah. 
hopefully, hopefully both Raid and this guy end up playing for the teams that signed them. And yeah, that's my fourth shout out. Ethan, I am ready for trivia. All right. Today's episode of Yeg Sports Trivia is brought to you by Toronto Basketball Rims. Um having a going out of business sale because all of the basketball rims in Ontario are being padlocked. So uh yeah, go go support the going out of business sale. Um today's episode is about I guess I should give some context. So this week we celebrated the two-year anniversary of The Shot, the buzzer beater by Kawhi Leonard to win Game 7 of the 2019 Eastern Conference Semifinals over the Philadelphia 76ers. Aside from actually winning the whole thing, probably the most famous moment in Raptors history. Incredible shots, and we're going to see what Ryan's recollection of this shot is. How confident are you feeling right now? Um, I don't really know. I remember that it happened. I know some other things, but I yeah, I don't know. We'll see how intense these questions are. This, this before I ask you the actual questions, I gotta ask you this one because this is a total where were you moment. So Ryan, where were you when the shot um, happened? I was not actively watching this. Boo. Um, I was not actually watching the game. I I was not. Um, May 12th. Let me see what I was doing May 12th. I don't even I, I I'll just remember all I know is that I like I saw it like on highlights like that night. And I'm like, whoa, that was nifty. Like it was so suspenseful. I wish I would have watched it live, but I wasn't I didn't watch this. I remember I was I was at a family friend's house having dinner and Ooh, yeah, we we were all watching it, and we all we all lost our collective minds and voices. Yeah, <laughs> lot, lot yeah. screaming, lot screaming. I may have been like in the car. I don't. I actually do not know where I was. All right, so prepare to go. Over I was on my five. couch when I first saw the shot. Like all right. an hour later. Here we go. Question number one about the shot. Alrighty. When Kawhi Leonard made this shot to win the game and the series. What was the score when he took the shot? So when the ball left his hands, it what was, was the score in the game? Uh, it was tied 90-90. Nice. One for one. The score was 90 to 90. And when I was doing research for this quiz, this actually shocked me. The final score was 92 to 90. It was not yeah. a three-point shot. His foot was on the line, apparently. So yeah, he was just in. I, yeah. Go figure. Interesting. All right, question number two. So the Philadelphia 76ers tied the game with 4.2 seconds left by scoring on a fast break. Who scored this bucket for the Sixers? And if there was an assist, who provided the assist? (sighs) Do I know any 76ers players? No idea. I'll, I'll give you one hint. He no longer plays for the 76ers, and he's quite a quite a famous player hmm. in the league. Yeah, I don't know who played for the 76ers. I should probably know this, but I I don't even know who played there that year. You got nothing? 
I don't, I couldn't name you anyone I'll from give that you, uh, 76ers team, which is nuts. There's, there's a clear name I should know. Nothing. All right. The I don't, answer. No, I don't have anything. The answer. DeMar DeRozan. The answer is Jimmy Butler. Oh, I have heard that name before. Or Jimmy Buckets. Uh, there was no assist on it. I was just mm. trying to trick you. But apparently, I didn't have to trick you. <laughs> I just don't know who played for that team. I worked way too hard on this quiz. All right, question number three. <laughs> you're one for two. This one doesn't even require any basketball knowledge. It's just like, what happened? Nice. So question number three. How many times did the ball bounce off the rim before going in the hoop? Ooh, that's a good one. It was like, it was at least, okay, went up, bung, bung, bung. Okay, it's either three or four. It's either three or four. If it was four, it would have been like the other side of the rim on the fourth time. I'm going to say three bounces. Final answer? Um, okay. <laughs> uh, hand, I'm doing hand movements right now. I'm trying to figure out. Okay, if it was three, that means that after the third bounce, it would have went straight in. If it's four, I would have hit the rim again and rolled off it. Hmm. Is it three or is it four? I, I'm asking you, bub. You know, I'm. I, I feel like it's more epic if it's four. I'm gonna say four. It would be more epic if it was four, and it was pretty fucking epic. Four bounces is correct. Radical. It was off the right rim. Yeah. So he was a bit. He was short, and it bounced up over to the left side, and then it was like one high bounce, one shorter bounce and then rim and in yeah so yeah the rim and in was the last part i was wondering about yeah all right so this this one's more this one's more of an nba history question so good luck Mm. before this shot how many times in nba history has a game seven been one on a buzzer beater just how many times how many times hmm. i think that was the second i'm pretty sure the reports were that was the second because didn't mj have one Yeah, I'm going to roll. I'm going to lock in. That was the second time that a buzzer beater happened in a way. <laughs> DK, what's the question? Was the question a series winning game or a game seven? It was game seven. I'm going to say that was the first. Okay. So the other shot that you're referring to, also called the shot was in 1989 
Michael Jordan, Chicago Bulls against the Cavs. Eastern Conference, first round. That game, the final game of the series, was won on Michael Jordan's buzzer beater. Yeah. That was the winner-take-all, game five. So you are correct. Kawhi Leonard was the first player in NBA history to win a game seven. With a buzzer beater. Nice work. Nice, nice work. Three I, I almost said, I, I was, I was mid-sentence locking in the second. I almost oh. had you. All right. Yeah. We're going to go back to the Raptors for the final question. Okay. When Kawhi Leonard right. hit the shot, name every Raptor player. Why did I say it like that? Raptor. <laughs> name every Raptors player that was on the floor. When Leonard hit the shot. So I need five names. Kawhi Leonard. That's one. Uh, who else is in our starting line? Ibaka, Lowry, and Siakam would have been there. That's four. Who's the oh, fifth? Gosh. Who's the fifth? My semi-photographic memory is not going to help me see the numbers because I don't really know whose numbers is what. And you like, said you was- didn't watch the game, so... I, I've seen this shot a thousand times, but yeah. Like who who is in our lineup? Like who's our last guy? Was it I mentioned Gasol earlier, so he's in my head. Was it no one have been Powell? I'm gonna say Gasol. So your final Bro- answer brother center, yeah, sure. So sorry, can you can you repeat the five names for me? Oh, who did I who did I say? <laughs> Gasol Ibaka. Siakam, Leonard, and Lowry. Okay, so the five players that were on the floor when Kawhi hit the shot. At point guard, you had Kyle Lowry. Obviously, mm-hmm. at small forward, yeah. Kawhi Leonard. Obviously, yep. The other forward was Pascal Siakam. At center, you had Serge Ibaka. Was there two centers up there at once? The player who inbounded the ball to Kawhi Leonard was Mark Gasol. You got question five. Nice work. That was pretty good fucking performance, man. Four for five. Two of them were straight up just fluking it. Yeah. Like I straight up almost... I almost locked in three for the bounces. I almost locked in two for the other question. I was like, I was a cup. I was like combined four words away from going only three or going only two for five yeah. instead of four. You know what? You did good. Nice. for Something about you and basketball quizzes, man. Yeah. I just, you always <laughs> overperform. I do. Yeah. I don't do like great, but I, I overperform basketball quizzes for some reason. Yep. I just know the bare minimum that you need to know. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of the difficulty of that quiz? I thought it was a pretty good. That was quiz. yeah, that was a very solid quiz. Yeah, and, and like took from all different kinds of questions. Like there was yeah. one literally just fucking how many times did the ball bounce? Yeah, like that was like, but you can't even find that on stats. That's from watching. Yep. Yeah. So so you, like yeah, you, you can tell I watched the tape. I did. Oh yeah. You watch the tape. Like All right. That. That, that's it for us on Yeg Sports. Thanks for listening, everybody. We greatly appreciate it. If you would be so kind, tell your friends. Maybe leave a review. Tell us how we did. <coughs> Ryan, anything to say to the folks? 
I just um want to say that uh, I want to inform everyone that I'm in a bracket challenge that you're purposely trying to get the least points possible, and I picked Leafs over Preds in my final. So I'm dunking on the Leafs extra hard, and if they accidentally win me that bracket, then that's an absolute loss in my books. (laughs) I see this as an absolute L. (laughs) So yeah, thanks again, everybody, for listening. Um, Oilers in five. Gaetan Haas is in the lead center. He's playing tonight. Haas is back in. Let's go. Gaetan Haas is in the lead center. Sam Bennett is the greatest Panther of all time. And we'll see you guys next week. Let's go Oilers.